Kia ora, I'm William Ray, one of the producers of the Coronavirus Podcast. It's been a really hard time for small businesses under the lockdown, particularly for places like bars, restaurants and cafes, which started taking hits even before we reached level four. So we decided to reach out to a few businesses which were finding interesting ways to keep themselves afloat and to support one another. Let's start with Jackie Lee Morrison. She's the owner and operator of Lashings Bakery in Wellington. When things started to get a little bit crazy and we, we started to get our first cases in Wellington, um, I'm immunocompromised, so I knew that I was going to have to have a, a backup model and not continue to be front-facing in the shop because I was putting myself, my staff, and my customers at risk. So Jackie decided to set herself up as a delivery service. I also didn't want to get involved with existing delivery services because they just take such a huge percentage that it's not viable for small businesses. Um, so I got in touch with some of our friends and floated this crazy idea at them about having a collaborative delivery service where the idea would be that we would run the deliveries ourselves and you would be able to order from all of us for one delivery. They called the new service the Pandemic Pack a network of 14 local restaurants all sharing the same DIY delivery service. And logistically, it was a nightmare, but we managed to figure out a system that would work. We came up with the idea on Thursday, got 14 businesses involved on the Friday, built the website from Friday to Sunday. On Monday, we were fine-tuning, fine tweaking. We're about to make everything live and soft launch on Tuesday. So now the pandemic pack had all the kinks worked out and thousands of followers on social media keen to become customers. But just one day before they were ready to launch, this happened. After 48 hours, the time required to ensure essential services are in place, we will move to level four. It completely killed us dead in the water. With that announcement came the news that all delivery of cooked food was banned. The pandemic pack was now illegal. But that's not the end of the story. One of Jackie's friends had an idea. Why not get all those restaurant owners together and release a cookbook so people could try making their favourite restaurant meals at home? And I thought, oh my God, that's such a good idea because we can just we can just use the pandemic pack because we'd already built this massive social media following. And I thought I'll get in touch with them and see what they, what they think. And overwhelmingly the majority of them said, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Let's give it a go. We can only do what we can do. Have you ever written a cookbook before? Well, <laughs> the funny thing about me is that I have 10,000 past lives. And um, before I became a professional pastry chef, I used to be a food writer. Um, I also seem to like to do things in three days. We made the cookbook in three days. It was a huge labor of love. So I'm, I'm actually, I'm, the thing I, I feel most proud of is um, somebody on Reddit said, uh, it looks quite good. They must have spent a few weeks doing this. And I thought, oh God, if only you knew. <laughs> so, I mean, what, you said the response has been good. I mean, how, do, you, do you mind saying how many copies of the book that you've sold? Um, we've sold over 2,500 copies. And that's in how long? Uh, it's, we released the book yesterday at 11.15 and it's now nearly 4.15 the next day. Okay, so that's um, a pretty good launch. <laughs> Honestly, we have been completely blown away 
by the response. And it's funny as well, because we're not just getting sales from Wellington, we're getting sales from all over the world. We've had sales from the US, from Canada, from Spain, from the Netherlands randomly, um, from the UK. We've, we've had sales from all over the place. The Pandemic Pack cookbook is only available for sale as an ebook online. The restaurants are asking people to pay whatever they can with a suggested price of $10 and the proceeds split evenly between them. We all still have rent to pay, we all have staff to pay, we've still got all these little incremental things that come in every single day and add up and the money is, it's not going to cover all of our costs but it is a huge amount of help. Honestly, last night when I did the first tally and um, looked at how many books we'd sold, I really did want to cry because I realized, oh, I can finally pay those invoices. And then the other businesses who are waiting for people to pay them aren't going to be in trouble. And we can just do our part again and then wait this thing out and wait until we're allowed to operate. For suppliers of uncooked food, the story's a little bit different. Many smaller food suppliers already had delivery services set up before the lockdown started, so they could make at least some sales that way. The problem was, how do your customers find you? After all, their delivery services were spread over hundreds of websites and none of them had the budget for mass advertising. That's where Denim Bird comes in. The first weekend... Um, in lockdown, I was waiting in line at uh, the supermarket, um, a really long line, and I was just—I just got really fed up and thought, "This is this is ridiculous. There needs to be another way." Um, and I went online to try and find um, different merchants that were were selling online, and I couldn't really find anywhere where they were all together where I could find everything. Um, so that sort of gave me the little brainwave to be like, "Well, why don't I pull together a director of all the other Kiwi businesses out there that are um, that are delivering during lockdown?" I scoured the internet um, with my friend Alex. Basically pulled a list together of 40 different uh, businesses. The website Denim set up is delivereat.co.nz. It's, it's really just a, yeah, literally just a list. And, and, and you know, sometimes simple is sometimes better um, because people really just want to know who is and then just go straight there. Um, and that's basically what all the website is. Um, and it's a completely non-profit project. So, um, you know, we're not, no, no, I'm not making any money off of this. Yeah, that was going to be my next question, actually, um, because I mean, it would, you know, it would make kind of make business sense for you to take a cut, but you're doing it non-profit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't necessarily want to make money out of a disaster. And I also didn't re really kind of wanted to specifically do something to support small businesses in New Zealand. Um, I run another business, uh, an event business, Paintvine, which was heavily affected um, by this because we're an event business and we've had to cancel all of our events. We employ 40-something artists across the country. Um, and so it's sort of, you know, feeling that impact, I kind of felt that I know that so many other businesses out there would be having this, you know, same things go through their head and sort of, you know, also be feeling that pain. And so I just sort of wanted to do something while I'm, you know, at home um, hustling away um, to basically help everyone else out there that's sort of um, having a tough time. The popularity of this website has exploded. Just over a week ago, it had 40 businesses registered. As I'm reading this right now, there are 637. Like just in the few hours between interviewing Denim and reading the script, 17 new businesses have been listed. Within the past eight days, uh, over half a million Kiwis have come to the website, which has been pretty crazy. Um, Facebook has already started to tag our um, thing as suspicious because people are sharing the um, URL so much 
we're sending about 20 clicks every minute out to uh, Kiwi uh, businesses. Two merchants have emailed me asking for me to take them off of the directory because we have sent them so many, so much business that they can't handle it. Oh, so, wow. Have they given you like metrics on like how much business goes up by after they link to your site? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been, um, I've been actually asking quite a lot of them. Um, one of them, one of them was a, um, it's like a beer, a beer subscription business called Beer Hug. Um, he sent me his metrics the other day and he said his, his traffic had gone, had, had quadrupled. Um, and he's already made uh, $8,000 worth of sales um, from the website just alone. One of my favorite coffee companies, um, goodness gracious, they've, um, they've also seen their traffic quadruple as well. So it's, it's really having like a, a meaningful impact for you know, um, a lot of, lot of businesses out there, which is, um, which is exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah. Is there any sort of like work that you have to do to make sure that these companies have the right kind of um, delivery practices, that they're sort of following government guidelines and all that kind of thing? Or, or is that sort of up, up to them to suss out? As things have grown, I have specifically asked that the merchants do have their own MPIA um, certification um, so that they can go on because a lot of people are concerned if people are operating um, inside that kind of gray area that it sort of seems to be at the moment. I mean, do you think that this business has a future after the lockdown? I mean, because it is one of these moments where we're all sort of changing our behaviours and maybe some of these changes stick. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely something that's run through my head. You know, there's all sorts of ways I could go down it, you know, adding different premium listings, making it for profit. Um, but sometimes complicating things can end up turning people off of them. Even if this was just to remain a, you know, a legacy project that helped people out during lockdown, then I'd be, you know, I'd, I'd, be, I'd still be very happy with that. Most businesses listed on Deliveret already had online orders and delivery systems set up before the lockdown came into effect. But others have had to start completely from scratch. Yeah, my name's Alistair Lang. Me and Zenyi Quing, we own Capital Produce Limited. Capital Produce is a fruit and vegetable wholesaler based in Wellington. We mainly wholesale to restaurants, boats, any events, corporate caterers. And obviously um, that business has taken quite a hit recently. Yeah, it's taken out about 98% of our business. Wow. That's... It's just a a couple of orders that we still maintain, which is, you know, providing for the police and the fire department and the ambulance. Capital Produce had never done online orders or delivery to the general public, but they've managed to reinvent themselves as a direct-to-your-door delivery service in just a matter of days. Yeah, no, it's been a complete rebuild, to be honest, from scratch. It's starting a brand new company in a, in a horrific economic environment with a lot of uncertainty. But it, we looked at it and we decided that, you know, we can't let our staff go to waste. We don't want them to be unemployed because we don't know how long this would go on for. So in a way of doing that, we came up with this new business plan and it seems to be working. For customers, this is all pretty simple. You fill out an online form, picking some fruit and veg you definitely do want and that you definitely don't want, and they deliver a box of produce based on that. It's sort of like a lucky dip. But I mean, we give you your general staples, like you'll always get a broccoli maybe. It, it all depends on price. Like, you know, the other day cauliflower went to eight, nine dollars each for me to buy. Which is just ridiculous, and so it'll never, it won't, when it's like that, it'll never appear in your veggie box unless you specifically ask for it, and then you won't get many other vegetables. I'm sure it hasn't completely replaced um, the revenue that you'd lost, but I mean, has it gone some way towards that? 
Yeah, no, <clears throat> to be honest, it's helped keeping, keeping the staff in. We're looking at employing more. We've got some contract drivers coming in to do deliveries. So it, it's certainly spreading it around. The money hasn't certainly replaced the, the other side of the business. It's a lot more work, um, far more hands-on. You know, it's good. It keeps everyone busy. People are happy. They're talking. They're, they're not locked in their houses, which is another good thing. A lot of the staff would go a bit crazy if they did. Yeah, speaking for people working at home everywhere. It's, um, yeah, it's, I think it's them. <laughs> um, so there's meant to be a whole lot of new compliance around these sorts of things to make sure that you're yeah, sort of man, maintaining all of this social isolation and getting the delivery contactless and all that kind of thing. How does yeah. that side of it work for you? Um, well, it has its challenges. You know, it's been very challenging having the two-metre space between all my employees and not allowing them to have their breaks together and them having to wear gloves and masks all day. There's just some new new challenges for everybody. Do you get audited? Do they give you sort of like checklists you have to fill out? Like, how does it all work? Yeah, no, we, we got audited this afternoon. Um, yeah, no, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of rules, but a lot of it's... Well, a lot of it's common sense. The, the rules are there for a reason. As long as you stick to them, you'll be, you should be fine. I mean, there's not one rule that's going to work for everybody, but they've done their best that they can at making it as easy as possible for people without being completely ridiculous. Do you have any advice for, I mean, other businesses out there that are trying to stand up a, a, a delivery system when it's not something that they've done before? Yeah, there's some really good software out there that you can use. Uh, Facebook is excellent for marketing. You know, there's lots. There's Instagram. There's some very good apps um, to be used, especially for the, when it comes to the banking online, for people paying with their credit cards or PayPal. It just takes a little bit of time to research them, see what would work for you. But, I mean, time is the, time is the essence. You really need to get into it. Just like Denim Bird with DeliverEach.co.nz, Alistair Lang thinks this new side of his business has the potential to keep growing even after lockdown ends. For one thing, his fruit and veggie boxes are based on what's seasonally available, and he reckons that'll appeal to people looking to reduce their carbon footprint. But some businesses just have to weather the storm particularly pubs and bars, which are likely to face tough restrictions even after they're allowed to reopen. These places are having to get creative to find sources of revenue. Some have set up give-a-little pages for dedicated patrons. Others are offering vouchers through sites like Cafe SOS. But Dominic Kelly from Hashigozaki, a craft beer bar in central Wellington, has come up with an even more inventive solution. He's issuing what he calls beer bonds. Which is... a cheap pun on the traditional Bira Bond and our favorite product that we sell. Um, and the idea is that it's just a slightly more substantial and rewarding uh, take on the concept of a voucher. So it's a voucher that um, we invite our customers to not redeem immediately. And for as long as they wait to redeem it, we keep rewarding them with uh, a monthly coupon in the in the fashion of a of a bond, um, and that coupon is is another smaller voucher in its own right. Basically, you can buy a one hundred dollar voucher, and for every month that you don't use that voucher, you get an extra ten dollar bonus voucher. Dominic says the advantage is that this way they can sell vouchers in higher denominations. We've always offered vouchers, and we uh, we signed up for the 
uh, Cafe SOS stint as well. But um, I'm a bit worried that vouchers will be a bit piecemeal. They wouldn't help us a lot with our cash flow. And it's all about the time value of money. Any cash right now and in the coming weeks, if, if and when we get back in business, is absolutely precious. And so anyone who can invest in us as a customer right now deserves something better than just the value of their investment back. So yeah, a kind of a voucher with interest struck me as something that is good for both us and our customers. What kind of response have you had so far? Uh, well, it's only been about 24 hours, um, but really, really uh, encouraging and yeah, almost, uh, I was a little bit moved to be honest when I saw some really good, long-standing, loyal customers, um, some of the first to sign up. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was quite powerful seeing people uh, kind of rally like that. None of these strategies totally replace what businesses have lost. But they could be the difference between whether they can reopen once this crisis is over, or if they shut their doors for good. Thanks for listening. This episode of the Coronavirus Podcast was written and presented by me, William Ray. Our regular presenter is Indira Stewart, and my fellow producers are Sonia Sly and Jesse Chang. Our executive producer is Tim Watkin, who insists on singing Barry Manilow in our daily Zoom meetings, and our sound engineer is Adrian Holley. You can subscribe to the RNZ Coronavirus Podcast anywhere, and it's totally free. Also, go download RNZ's Vox Pop app so you can get in touch and let us know what's been going on in your life. Give us tips, ask questions, all that sort of stuff. Kakite.